remember my eighth birthday at the KCC with that giant cake and Aunt Evie showing up on leave, surprising all of us. I remember mom. I remember Codger. I remember school and going to the movies and Friday night pizza and cartoons and grandma and grandpa and church, those summer barbecues and the kiddie pool you got me. Could have used that at the prison. You told me about the walks we'd take when I was three. You holding my hand around the neighborhood all the way to Ross's farm. I didn't know that I remembered them, but I do. Because I see the sun and the corn and that cow that walked up to the fence and looked me in the eye. And you told me about all that stuff, but it isn't just that stuff, it's how I felt. Holding your hand, I felt happy and special. I felt safe. I thought growing up was about getting a job and maybe a family, being an adult, but growing up is making yourself and the people you love safe. As safe as you can because things happen. They happened before. You were shot before things went bad. Kind of felt like things went bad because you were shot. I want to make you feel safe, Dad. I want you to feel just like I felt when you held my hand. Just to feel that way for five minutes. I'd give anything to make you feel that way now. I wanted to kill Negan. I wish I did. Maybe it would have been done. I don't think it's done now. He went out there again, but I don't think they surrendered. I don't think they will surrender. There are workers in there, Dad. They're just regular people, old people, young people, families. You don't want them to die, Dad. We're so close to starting everything over, and we have friends now. It's that bigger world Jesus talked about. The kingdom, the hilltop, there's, there's gotta be more places. More people out there, a chance for everything to change and keep changing. Everyone giving everyone the opportunity to have a life, a real life. So if they won't end it, you have to. You have to give them a way out. You have to find peace with Negan. Find a way forward somehow. We don't have to forget what happened, but you can make it so that it won't happen again. That nobody has to live this way, that every life is worth something. Start everything over. Show everyone that they can be safe again without killing that it can feel safe again, that it can go back to being birthdays and school and jobs and even Friday night pizza somehow, and walks with a dad and a three-year-old holding hands. Make that come back, Dad. And go on those walks with Judith. She'll remember them. I love you. Thank you for calling Squawking Dead, the podcast that breaks down AMC's Tour de Force cash cow series, The Walking Dead. En español, diga número dos. 
To listen to Carol complain about Negan, then eventually go full hashtag Team Negan, press pound. To listen to Dave wax philosophical on a point that literally nobody could have ever thought of, only to end on a corny joke that only he himself laughs at, also press pound. If you're expecting a better intro, and would rather us start over again, hang up and call again next week when Squawking Dead takes on the Season 8 finale of The Walking Dead and the Season 4 premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. If you're still on the line, please hold for the most ornery of operators, the intellectual philosopher that oozes customer service, and the supervisor that will definitely beat the man to be the man, even though she's a woman, Carol. You get creative and creative every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> oh, I never yeah. know what to expect. I was pumped for this episode. This episode was awesome. I don't have the words, the vocabulary to actually explain it. I wouldn't call it awesome, but I, I definitely would call it shit and pants. <laughs> it was so funny because a lot of time I don't get a chance to see the episode when it airs exactly. Sometimes I have to watch it like an hour later when they repeat it or, or watch it on DVR because hashtag mom life. And... <laughs> <laughs> Darn. And yeah, it was funny because, you know, I was texting you and I was like, so how is it? And, and you were like, oh, I don't know if you're going to be team Negan after this. And then I watched it and I think I texted you back. I was like, still Negan, still team Negan. <laughs> mm, and I was like, and then I was arguing with you for some reason, <laughs> like as if I could change your mind. I'm like, nope. Because that's then, not the point of this show. We, we're not in it to change people's minds or each no, other's minds. We're just no, here to just, just crush things. Just crash. Yeah, wax I, philosophical about yes, this. I crash your point. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, it's not a perfect episode. And there are things that I, I take issue with in terms of like, mm, I don't know how much of that makes sense. Yeah. But overall, there was a lot more that I liked than I disliked. So. I think I, I would agree with that. There, there's a, definitely a lot of confrontation. Yes. I don't know about resolution, but... Right, exactly. I don't know necessarily about resolution. And it makes me concerned going into the season finale because I feel like we have quite a bit of loose ends to tie up. And I mean, I think we all know what Abraham said about loose ends. Hmm. No, tell us what, about loose ends. Because <laughs> you just what wanted did, to what say did Abraham? It. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Abraham loved to say that loose ends make his ass itch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, you wanted me to say it? No, you're going to say it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I was the one who brought it up. But there are a lot of loose ends. And so I'm. That was our number one concern going in. Yeah. Like near the end. We're like, okay, wait. We're very much near the end. And it's not going to be like one of those extended 90 minute episodes. You know, it's going to be, from my understanding, like maybe a little over an hour, like maybe 75 minutes or something. I think, because I think. Fear comes on at 10.15 or something along those lines. I'm not sure. Oh. But it's not much. Like, I mean, it's going to be pretty darn close to an hour episode. So, Or like a normal hour minus the commercials. Right. (laughs) But there's a lot that still needs to kind of get wrapped up. So I really don't want to be going into the summer and waiting six months for season nine and not knowing necessarily. Like, I don't expect to know everything. I mean, yeah, they can tease certain things for season nine, but we got to come to some to a resolution. Well, it's not even that. Let's just put it this way. I'm I'm not concerned that they'll come to a resolution because mm-hmm. I, th- I know that they will. Okay. My only concern is that when they do, we'll feel satisfied enough with it. True. With, ha- with the way they wrapped it up. True. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. If their resolution meets our satisfaction. Right. It, which is, again, this is something that we've been concerned about, like episode 12, 13, yeah. 4. 
hence the 13.1 update like what are we going to do what's going on Mm -hmm. how's this going to end is this you know considering they killed off carl like how how do we are we going to expect negan to end or what happened with simon back in two episodes ago right yeah about a couple episodes ago in the comic that battle happens with negan and it's pretty much the end of the war oh really the hilltop battle isn't this the very episode you mentioned you were outraged that jesus wasn't fighting negan i was very outrageous about it because jesus plays such a huge role in the comic and i feel like jesus has been kind of an afterthought on the show i mean really can you recall the last time you've seen him Uh, well we saw him but it's just not any way meaningful right no it's it's fleeting it's very fleeting and even how do you necessarily redeem either character necessarily i mean rick and negan right yeah because i mean you've seen rick do some pretty brutal things just like an episode or so ago so i mean okay, I read Carl's letter, so now I'm full of mercy and forgiveness. Like that to me just doesn't make any sense, especially because Carl told you that on his deathbed. It's not like you, Carl's letter was filled with something that was like, you know, mind blowing that you didn't already know. I right. mean, you already knew his stance and how he felt about things. And you basically just kind of flipped it off and kind of, you know, went on a rampage. Because in my mind, Negan's living. I don't think that they're killing him off. Right. No, I, I don't think so don't. either. So how do you get the Rick that was in full kill mode to have a confrontation with Negan and decide, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Like they just, I, I just, how do you get from point A to point B? Right. Right, our that, number one concern. I, well, actually, our number right. two concern, Believably. right? Right. So, it's two things, actually. One is, if it wasn't for the previous episode, 14, I would say Carl's letter wouldn't have meant right. much, right? But there's right. another thing about that, and this is not even the second thing yet. I think this episode purposefully did not have any Rick scenes or Rick dialogue. True. Yeah, to, I agree. To cool you off a little bit, especially when you had that scene with Maggie, Michonne, and Rick with the map. They said, what are we going to do? And that was it. And then they just moved on so yeah. i i think they're giving us a little bit of a palate cleanser in, in right. order for the next episode to kind of make more sense or to kind of unfold in a way where we can actually buy it i hope right obviously i, hope. I don't know right but that's my hope also i don't know i don't know if the episode was made to like try and vilify negan but i say try oh, for sure <laughs> try in my opinion. Right, yeah. Unsuccessful with you. Unsuccessfully. <laughs> and with many people, because honestly, like I feel that this episode basically further exemplified why Negan is the leader. I mean, and-, and Oh yeah, that's, I can go with that. Yeah. That, that's basically he what is, he is. He is a good leader, right. When I was watching the episode, I was just basically watching it just sort of like, yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So- <laughs> That is not getting edited right there. It's like, I, I just, I, I, you know I, what? I, I, I see your point though. In an overwhelming amount of ways, Negan shows exemplary leadership skills, especially considering the predicament the world is in, right? Yes, and he had a coup on his hands. I mean, you, you have somebody who's a leader and you've, and you've got an uprising yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. Right That's the point ranks. I was going to make next. That's exactly yeah. right. You have an uprising going on within your ranks. You have your, your, your right-hand man that's basically gone rogue. All your lieutenants no, you, are All your lieutenants are, are, basically, are basically gone rogue. One of them is like selling you out. Yeah. You've got like one of them selling your secrets out to the yeah, enemy. Yeah. You've got the other one who is, you know, basically going rogue and basically flipping off like your direction 
actions and doing what they see fit. Right. I mean, you got to get it under control. And right. Did. Right. Because I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, you can't just let like the inmates run the asylum. And I do like the way he handled Simon because a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, he, he could have just hit him with Lucille when they were in the in the conference room or whatever. I'm like, well, no, that would have been far too easy. You right. know, and he gave him an opportunity there. And in Simon's mind, the guy just forgave you. And basically, you're kind of thinking like all the more reason for me to overthrow this dude because he's really a wuss. You know, I'm I definitely should be the one leading this place. Right. And we might as well get into this because what you have to understand about the way the shots were lined up, mm-hmm. even, even before we get to the conference room with the in on the boardroom table. You have the confrontation with Dwight. Negan basically establishes a marker. You know, in stage talk, the marker is basically where people stand on the stage. Yes. That cigarette butt was Dwight's marker. They moved the they moved the dumpster, by the way, good while eye. they were talking, right? Yes, good eye. And uh, you, you wouldn't think other it was like anything meaningful, right? Oh, he's just doing a task while talking to Dwight to kind of ease, right. his, yeah. ease him or something. But then if you watch the episode again, you're like, yeah, after seeing the show, obviously... You start to realize, oh, this is purposeful. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows that there's no way to reason with Simon. And so you have to kind of wonder, why was he doing that? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, he knew from the start what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and are you on the same page as me? Because I, I, honestly, I think so. I, I think so. I, I think I agree. I think he like, needed he needed to have it that way mm-hmm. because had he not done his bare knuckle standoff with Simon, he's basically trying to re solidify people's respect for him mm-hmm. on the on the pavement basically right you know mm-hmm. if i die i die i don't know but i don't think i'm gonna die and you know what if i beat simon in a man-to-man fight every all the savers are gonna be with me you know yep. I, i'm trying to re-tighten my ranks right now so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as, as as you can see so that you you frame the shot with dwight and there's a basic understanding between them that yeah this is not a good situation that we're in with simon right and then you go to the boardroom scene negan basically takes it easy on simon knowing that simon would disrespect him for forgiving him mm-hmm. and then the rest kind of unfolds yeah Exactly. He shoots the key opposition soldiers that Simon has. That was so awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were like, well, what's three, two? So what is it like three, down to? Two, one, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. I mean, terrible, but just, yeah. Oh, terrible. But yeah. impressive. But awesome. I was impressed. I was, I was impressed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole, I mean, more than anything, the whole entire plan, how he strategically mm-hmm. just like he, first of all, the way he did it was he snared everybody one by one by one from Dwight yep. to Simon, then Dwight again yep. at the end of the episode. Yeah. It's just he, it, and I think what, the, what they were trying to establish with, with this episode was don't fuck with this guy. No. <laughs> just, no you, exactly. Exactly. And that was basically the, the point of this episode. It was like he had to reestablish his dominance and remind everybody who is in charge. And that's why I really liked the fact, and I think Stephen Ogg mentioned this on Talking Dead too, was the fact that he really enjoyed the whole setup and the whole scene, the, the whole you know fight club kind of scenario, because yeah. he felt that, and I agree, it's really easy to be a big man with a weapon in your hand. It's very right. easy, you know, with a bat, gun, whatever. It's another thing to stand, no weapons, mano a and just go at it like right that solidifies Negan's place in the hierarchy that was done purposely to make a demonstration remember when we were in high school and we're like Mm -hmm. we heard about ultimate fighting and MMA yes my first thought was like wow this is a mistake how are we getting to this level (laughs) 
How are we getting to this level? Ten years later, when I finally watch a tournament or something, right, right, right. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. And first of all, the fighters couldn't have more respect for each other. And s- yes. And second of all, I couldn't have more respect for them too. Yeah. The way they carry themselves, the way they actually fight, the the. And that's what training. I'm saying. I, I respect some a fight like that. Like what happened between Simon and Egan. I respect that far more. I mean, although I will say it's really funny that Simon got a sucker punch in. I think that's very much in character. With yeah, Simon. And I, I think he purposefully maybe even oh. let him get a few shots in too. I'm gonna miss Stephen Ogg. I, I'll say it. It's like I knew this was this was coming. Right? Simon was not surviving this season, and he was not gonna survive this war. I wasn't sure out of whose hands it was gonna it was gonna happen, but I knew it was gonna happen. I was kind of dreading yeah. that it would be Negan, by the way, in, in a way. Really? Yeah, because hoping it would be like like Jadis or like maybe the Oceanside. Oh, Jadis, Oceanside, exactly. Well, and hey, one more thing. That then. Came, oh, yeah, that that came to light. He basically made it right at the very least with Jadis, and it was confirmed that Simon. was was the one responsible for the murder of the men and the boys at Oceanside, right. which is like what I called, I've been calling it, because there is a code of ethics that Negan operates on. And I know I'm his biggest supporter and cheerleader, and I'm always <laughs> like... Yeah, not anymore, Carol. No ethics anymore. But you no, know what? It goes to what I was about to say about Negan in terms of leadership, though. It makes sense that he would make this move. Yes. I mean, even though he's absconding with his philosophy, which is a change, which is interesting. This- and I feel that that's coming from strictly from the point of view that this man has had it. I mean, he was left out to die, basically, by his like lieutenants, you right, know? Right. I, I mean, he's got Rick gunning for him. He has the people who are supposed to be on his side selling him out and gunning for him. If you put any animal in a corner, they're going to snap and, and, and attack. And I think that basically they've kind of relegated him to this point. When he was in that house with Rick chasing each other around or whatever, I mean, he even was trying to negotiate there. He's like, look, I'll take, instead of 50%, I'll take 20 percent. You yeah. guys look like 75% kings, which I thought was hilarious, by the way. Which kind of goes but. against what you're just saying, though, because I mean, in a way, he was kind of backed in a corner and he still find, found a way to kind of charm or try to charm his way into which I still I had a problem with, but still. Right. I mean, it's still like, dude, it's still extortion, you know? Yeah. But, or it, but it just seems a little foolish. A guy is trying to like literally take you down, kill you, mm-hmm. probably piss on your ashes, that sort of thing. And you, you're going to lowball offer it. What is the point? You know? Right. So, but anyway, yeah. But it does kind of go against your point just a little bit. And I'm not saying that no. I call bullshit. No, no, no. Right, but I, no, no, no. I agree. I, I totally agree. I think that... But Negan doesn't do that is what I'm saying. It's like Negan doesn't react like that. That's that's the one thing he has demonstrated throughout two seasons and change. I think that he's now at the point where he feels like, screw it, salt the earth. I'm just kind of over it. But at the same time, I feel like that's going to change too. They've kind of set these two men on a trajectory where they're both now just sort of like, I, I'm done with everything. All these people just need to go. I just don't know how you get to that point where they both walk out of this alive. He's like agents of chaos, basically, almost. I mean, we finally got Negan to a point where he is one, right? Which Mm -hmm. is a change. It's just a huge change in two seasons. And Mm -hmm. now you have these two opposing forces butting heads. Kind of a recipe for staging a final episode in a way that these characters are acting not irrationally, but differently than they would have normally. Right. I mean, Rick was a slow progression, but Negan, that was over the course of, I think, three or four episodes where he's, you know, not having the best of luck. I mean, the one thing that on Negan's side that has been a slower, like a slightly faster progression than Rick's, but slightly slower than his own downfall is, you know, his lieutenants have been picked off or compromised over the course of maybe 
five or six episodes whereas Mm -hmm. but him himself finally descending to the level of absconding with his philosophy that was kind of almost all at once yeah and it is believable I'll just I'll say that much I can believe it and it does show for once that Negan is kind of human you know what I mean yeah he's willing to put aside his thing for revenge and that was a big concern of mine when they first introduced him so the question is really though is the way he's acting now by the end of this episode Mm -hmm. the way he does in the comic the wanting to genocide uh, all these people at Hilltop is is that attitude kind of finally he does finally reach that point in the comic no because the like I said in the comic that battle at the hilltop where Simon was at the helm that is the end of the war in the comics it's you know there's no Simon and Negan and Dwight are the ones who basically bring the troops over to the hilltop for this final battle where they have the infected weapons and the idea is that they figure that they won't even really have to kill them because even with a wound they'll turn and basically do the work for them right essentially. In the comic, Negan never finds out that Dwight was a double agent. That's never something that's uncovered. It's known maybe like after the war. Well after. But not well after, but not during the duration of it. Dwight's never found out. So he shoots Rick with an arrow in the side, kind of like the arrow that hit Tara. So in Negan's mind, he thought that Rick was dead. But I think that when they come back the next day, aftermath. Yeah, because he figured like he got hit by an infected arrow, so he's going to turn. I think that they they, they leave and they come back the next day to survey the damages and see that Rick is alive. Negan's like taken aback and in the comics, Rick kind of appeals to Negan's better sense mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, the idea of peace and then living together and blah, blah, blah. And it does convince Negan. But before Negan can really like come to a final conclusion of like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, let's do that or whatever. It was all a rose. and a ruse, yeah. And Rick takes out a knife and slices Negan's throat and they get into a mano to mano last altercation where Negan, he's wounded, but he's not seriously wounded. He's wounded enough that he's losing blood, but he has enough energy before he passes out to break Rick's leg and the war is over because both men are down. So in a way, there is a sort of diversion because... For sure. At, at the original comic Hilltop Battle, that was the last confrontation. That was the last confrontation. The intended one, you know, but but that was it. And right. this seems like there's no conversation about making amends and trying to have peace. There may still be that knockdown drag out brawl, but... I think that there will still be that knockout drag out brawl. Hence because that flash forward, basically. A lot of the clips from this coming week's episode showed Jesus finally doing something. I think he was like, <laughs> kick- I'm sorry, I'm so bitter about that. No, I get that. it. I think he was like karate kicking somebody. Or, or whatever like it looks like there's some combat going on right right so it makes me think that perhaps the bullets really will be defective in some sort of way oh, or so something they're gonna go hand to hand that altercation the way it happens in the comic may go down the same way because something goes wrong right with right. that ammunition yeah i don't know what that would be but something Father Gabriel sort of held hostage, Herschel style. Yes, that's right. I was going to get to that at the end. But yeah, I mean, definitely worth bringing up now, especially. So, yeah. He's he's being held hostage. Eugene pulls a gun on him at one point, whether in the woods or something. I don't know. Father Gabriel's not having a good time. Let's put it that way. No, (laughs) no. I got to think that Father Gabriel's not making it out of of this week's episode. I would be pleased if he was, though, honestly. I would be. I don't know. I don't mind Father Gabriel, but we haven't seen anything from his point of view, so we don't know if his health is still deteriorating a lot or if it's you know like curbed or what or whatever but I just don't know based on the condition that he's in like God, are you really going to be able to survive this? Yeah he's yeah. still kind of in it right now too. Yeah so that's a concern. Well actually I wanted to just say one more thing about Jesus is that I have a feeling that they may throw a curveball with him to kind of 
give him a little bit more juice, as uh, juice. Gregory said. You're man this week, man. Yeah, but uh, Jesus may end up having a confrontation with Gregory, in my mind. Okay. The only reason why I think that is it would be kind of interesting to finally reveal that these guys are brothers, which is interesting. It would Paul be... Monroe, Gregory Monroe. We've never really understood what that relationship is. It's right, set. it was never spoken. No, never. It'd be crazy so, if Jesus was a son. It w- oh, God. Ooh. Well, I mean, it could. Good. Mm. good. Wow. I do, I do see Gregory as maybe being the older brother who kind of mocked his younger gay brother or something. That's what like I'm that. saying. It's like, I, it would be... But yeah, that, that could be a good change, maybe. Yeah, sure. Oh, no. I, and it would be a nice, interesting way of kind of having downplayed it for so long, like finally revealing it in the final analysis. Mm-hmm. That, that, it would be a good way of kind of saying, ah, we still got you back, comics readers. <sighs> You know? Yeah. After yeah. Sc- kind of screwing you uh, several times in the last three se- two seasons, basically. God, I don't know. They've but just... I kind of like the way they've been doing it, though. To know exactly what's coming, or even even if they make small changes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You'll still know what's coming, and then you'll have the, the classic line of, oh, the book was better. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. And so, so why bother, you know? Right. Get, throw, throw a couple curves, ball, curveballs. Throw the uh, curveballs. Reformat the show a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think it keeps things interesting. I'm interested. I don't know what's going happen. I, I like the fact that they're kind of throwing a curveball in it because it makes me very curious to see like, okay, how is this going to happen? How is Morgan going to go from one show to the other? Is that helicopter going to come down and pick him up? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Is Heath going to be flying the helicopter? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I like the idea that you're bringing up about the helicopter actually really taking Morgan and bringing him somewhere else. Like, as maybe a vehicle to link the two worlds, mm-hmm. something in which Morgan will be taken to wherever the setting is, where Fear the Walking Dead is happening because maybe the government being the middleman between the two shows mm-hmm. will, will actually eventually find a means to have these shows run in tandem. Mm-hmm. That could be an, another interesting idea that we haven't thought up, not only in just terms of the story, but uh-huh. in terms of being that vehicle that, that really you know joins the two series together. Yeah, no, definitely. So, like a bridge, sure. By the way, I saw... And, and, the, and the people behind that bridge, more, more than anything else. Right. So you haven't watched a single episode, I'm guessing, It doesn't right? matter. I'm going to be watching here. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it regardless. I, oh, my God. I'm going to watch it regardless. I don't care. Okay. I have the AMC app on my phone. I'm going to try to go to my car during my lunch hour tomorrow to try and watch some of these episodes. People tell me no matter what, they're like, seasons one and two were crap anyhow. So, like, just... just. I mean, season three kind of had its Herschel's Farm season. Okay. That was like the Herschel Farm kind of like... In, in a weird way. I mean, obviously, it was a little bit more exciting than Herschel's Farm, but... Hey, Shane got I, killed. On the farm. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving too much away, but well, a whole bunch of shit happens. Okay, a whole, at, a whole at, lot of crap happened this. on that farm. Yeah, well, this this uh, Camp Teotihuacan. Yes, that's right. The dynamics that go on. It's it's a compound. It's uh, right. it's it's one of those end of the world compounds, basically. It's a bunker. It's a settlement, basically. They have a whole bunch of houses and tents and cabins and whatnot, mm. with with a mess hall in the middle. And it was basically designed to house a community for the end of the world, uh, which yeah. it touches on some political points mm. that have been happening, you know, with the show. But it also touches on things that have happened throughout like the '90s and the '80s and. And and all these things, you have these settlements with kooks that basically are preparing for the end of the world. They have supplies. They have this. They have like a fallout shelter, that sort of thing. Yeah, but for like you know, for when the the apocalypse comes, they'll be there and they'll have a place to when the whole world goes to shit. They'll have their community and and they'll be strong. It's, I think there was a kind of Christian undertone, but I'm not sure how Christian it really yeah, stated was, itself. Was, it was. I was gonna say it's like just the way you're describing it. It gives me callbacks to like some of these cults in the '90s. You know exactly. Like 
like this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. it definitely like harkens back to that. You know, yeah, the way it's described, like the David Koresh's and the yeah, the, precisely, yeah, precisely like that. The idea is that is that we build our own communities so that we can be off the grid from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We're off the grid, and we're going to be self-sustainable. Exactly, self-sustainable. We'll have our own water, our own supplies, our own farmland, all that stuff. But there's so much more going on. I mean, it sounds fascinating. It sounds fascinating. So should I just watch season three? Like just you know, just like no. through season one? Hell no. Okay, fine. hell to the no. Fine. Okay, so I'll be in my car. <laughs> if you can't seem to finish, I would actually respect you watching season four opener on Sunday. The reason being is it's kind of like the way I am on this show. And I purposefully don't read the comics, so I have a point of view where I can appreciate the show as For what the show. It is. In a minor way, let's say by you watching the season four opener, having not even watched the previous seasons, you can see how the episode stands on its own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's important to also be able to walk into a show and not have it depend too much on previous episodes. I'm not saying like one-off episodes like a sitcom, but right, like, okay. you know yeah, what I mean? Like where right. the situation's resolved in a single episode. No, but it's more like, oh, I can appreciate the scene. I think I know what's kind of going on based on this episode. Mm-hmm. The characters are establishing enough of a mood so that I, can, I know kind of who they are. Right. That's something you can appreciate just by watching a show mid midstream. I'm still going to try because I figure like these episodes are an hour. Without commercials, it's got to be what, 40 minutes? Uh, barely. Okay. I'm going to take a look at my calendar and I actually have errands to run on Saturday, so I might be able to sit in my car. And like, <laughs> I mean, Eddie has errands to run. <laughs> just, I, just tell him that you, you've got to. It's his research. It's for your third job. For my third job, I know. Your first job being a mom. Mom one, wife <laughs> this, this, second, this, exactly. Employee, oh, em, employee third. Right. <laughs> God, it's a lot of jobs. And, and then this way you could pour on the guilt. Uh, then do you're you, like, know, you know, yeah, it's, it's my fourth job, Eddie. Yeah. And, speaking of company. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last week? I, that's how I said. Just randomly segued. Segway. I'm kind of doing that right now. That's fine. <laughs> Speaking of company, um, kind of. I kind of want to focus on Gregory and Simon. Well, that was at the start of the episode, wasn't it? Well, not at the very yeah, very start, of. but like yeah, like within the first ten minutes. Because I feel like at first it was Carl's letter. Which honestly, right. were you impressed with that letter? I was a little. I mean, I didn't want it to be something unbelievable because nothing is going to be unbelievable enough. To I thought the letter was to change Rick's mind. In, in my opinion, I thought the letter you know was I mean? okay. I think it'll I think it'll resonate more like in this week's episode because I think that there's a clip of Carl as a child walking with mm. Rick or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's gonna be a punch in the stomach. So all right, mm-hmm. but like the letter itself was okay. If I would have seen the visuals, then it probably would have been like, oh, oh, along with the letter, yeah, along with the letter, maybe because it's like I'm just seeing Rick, and I'm like, well, you're a murderer, so whatever. You're, yeah. So what? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, your kid died. Who cares? <laughs> no, it's like I care, but clearly you don't because it's like you're on a bloody rampage. Way to honor his last wishes, dude. Okay. Yeah, I'll make it real. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. But yeah, I think it's important to kind of focus on this Gregory Simon scene because there's something to be said about that scene. And it's not about necessarily what happens, but the theme behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of, okay, I'm just going to say the idea of juice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what was all that about? I don't think so, I understood it. To be it's a weird. You. It's a weird thing. I think. I think Gregory kind of just stumbles on it and just latches onto it. Uh-huh. But there's value in what he's saying, okay. and it's that 
he kind of weirdly gets how people work, mm-hmm. much in the sense that Negan understands how people oh, work. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree. Now, now, specifically, it's in the realm of politics. You know, some mm-hmm. people, some people like, let's say, I'll say Negan, but you could even say enigmatic characters like Caesar, like. Trotsky, mm. Stalin to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these different people, these charismatic leaders, whether they're benevolent or tyrants mm-hmm. or dictators, there's a quality to them that Negan has. Now, Gregory doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. What Gregory has is he's just this embodiment of politics. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a certain sense and quality of politics, let's just say, mm-hmm. where if you do it right, you could move communities. Right. And I think that Gregory bringing this up highlights something that we will need after the war. True. We will need to have diplomats, mm-hmm. pe- people of political quality that can motivate people in a way that is not out of force. Mm-hmm. I and agree. as much as I detest Gregory in a way. Come on, you know you love him. I do. I do. Okay. Xander Berkeley aside, <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I detest him is because he's a politician. Right. I mean, he, it does highlight that point. It does highlight that point. He very much is a politician. You're right. Other than that, he's a coward. Bottom line. Well, I mean, he's political. I mean, he he plays both sides of the fence, you know, whatever, like, allows him to kind of, you know, survive. And Right, right. Well, he's like anybody else. Like, it's kind of like what we brought up at the beginning of the season. He, mm-hmm. He's just like everybody else, except he has this, he does have a slight charm. He does have a gift, I think, yes. with being able to get people to, like, moving around chess pieces. He has the mm-hmm. ability to get people to do things out of necessity. And right. and so the reason why this scene I think is prescient is because, it, and the reason why I don't think he's done is mm-hmm. that I think the coming world is going to need Gregory's in a way. Right. Even if he's not in the same position as he was before, I think he will be relied on for a little bit of counsel, especially if we're going to be dealing with the government. Yeah, no, I agree. Like he, he is... He is a politician, and I mean, and this goes back to what you know, Michonne like and Carl have been. I still don't understand the juice line. Oh, it's that's what I mean by all of this. You mm-hmm. know, that he is the juice that keeps the momentum flowing. Uh, Do you understand okay. what I mean? All right. See, now with Simon and Gregory in the same room, you have Simon who leads by force. He's the leader. Yes. yes. Now, Simon does have somewhat of an optics problem. Because I, I, you can't just keep doing the same thing. I, no, and ex- for and sure. Yeah, and expect people to keep continue following you without going, okay, this guy is... Kind I, of I'm not sure if... Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I want to follow this guy that much longer. Yeah. I just yeah, went no, from one frying pan to another frying pan. Right. Yeah, I don't think that he gets it. But I think it, it was funny, some of the points that he said when, you know, Gregory was trying to say like, you know, hey, you know, like, put me in with Negan and, you know, let me convince him. And Simon was like, well, you know, I am Negan and not in the collective way. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, it's me. And then all of a sudden, Gregory switches gears. It's like, ah, you know, like, I knew you I could knew do it. it. Exactly. It. It's like, you know, Negan, what did he say? He pulls his punches. It's like, you, you don't. Yeah, I've never been more impressed, by the way, but also eye rolled. Yeah, <laughs> he switched. In my life. Like, so wow, fast. that was really good. <laughs> really fast. Really fast. But I, I, I do love the fact that, like, Simon was like, so that you can understand. It's like, I can't really be seen with you. He's like, so ergo, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's good. But I, I, you know, even though Simon is gone, I did like the way that scene shook out. Like instead of mm-hmm. ending Gregory. Yeah. He was like, Gregory could, coffee? Yeah. Could, that Gregory could, could make this the homicidal maniac lamp. just flip around, you know? Yep. He's like, we'll start there. 
<laughs> he was a goner. I, he that's, was. that's why I'm so impressed. Like, I'm so yeah. impressed. You turned this homicidal maniac uh, around yeah. on something he would have definitely followed through on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no I will say one. I'll say one more line. The bare knuckled nad mash. Gosh. It's just something so perfect in uh, terms of framing the idea of politics. Yeah. Yeah, that's politics for you. It was a good scene, though. Yeah. What better to maintain momentum than a fresh pot of coffee? Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Every morning? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need that 100%. Yeah. Four right. jobs. Grind yeah. those those nads. Anyway, yeah, th and that's go. why I think there's 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 a value to having Gregory around, I, and that nothing could make me happier to see uh, Xander Berkeley uh, in a couple Unless more episodes at the very least. Yeah, he's got some time. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I seriously thought he was a goner in that scene, though. Did you? I see, was I don't... literally uh, commenting on his Instagram. Like, hey, I'm really kind of worried right now <laughs> that this is <laughs> this is the last we're going to see from me. By the way, this is Dave. Even though I'm commenting you from I'm the, your uh, biggest fan from the Squawking Dead account. Well, I tried um, to keep it a little cool. <laughs> I know you do. No, you do. You do. Like I, I, I know. I know. That's the thing. It's like I don't even try to say anything to like Jeffrey D. Morgan because I'm just like I'm just gonna fangirl out and I don't want to do that. But yeah, I, I, think, think I think I'm kind of in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, what's left to say? There's like I enough know. said quality to him, you know, like I don't I, I just like it and move on. Like you say yeah. it all, buddy. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I never thought at any point that something was happening to Gregory. I don't know why. I just kind of figured really? like he is. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I I didn't have a You weren't a, worried about him in that scene. No, I didn't suspect that Simon was gonna do anything to him for mm. some reason. I don't know. Like I just kind of in my mind, Gregory's safe for now. He's he's gonna make it out and continue, you know being his little political self <laughs> for now right yeah, at least that was just my take on it so that's interesting okay but okay. with simon i've known that it's coming like with simon it was like okay well this is definitely happening yeah I we, don't know we, when we both this... knew that yeah yeah how about this it was nice to see one final scene with the aga couple i know that was really I sweet know. It, i'm glad that they had that they're actually really good friends i think yeah well we mentioned that the how they mm -hmm. and by the way you were right about that how they were living together at one point yeah i remember hearing on the radio how they had these artsy kind of projects that they were working on you know side things right and basically he confirmed it by saying busted i know oh my <laughs> god i fangirled over that that was like the first comment that i actually posted in my in, in oh my own my instagram god. cover that, stories yes i mean because i was kind of like can a man gush <laughs> that is significant you very well can gush i would uh, gush all over yeah, we can yep. we could do well okay <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that, that is not getting edited out. <laughs> I no, I agree. It's that is a big deal. I mean, that's please. Yeah, of course. I mean, no. if if I if I left a comment on like Denai Guerrero's Ooh. Instagram and she like responded, I would be like, holy crap. <laughs> I mean, you have my full permission to call, text, to I, send I a will. voicemail, send a flare. Don't shoot at my house, but I just moved in. But yeah, <laughs> ah, I'm so excited. I'm going to shoot flares at your house. I know. I would. Uh so exciting but yes gregory i i, we'll I don't know get there, in my mind he was safe very impressed with your analysis on that because i was oh, you I was were concerned like, i had to text him to let him know i was worried for him <laughs> i i don't know for some for reason Sandra berkeley 
Gregory just <laughs> for, Greg, for some reason Gregory's one of these people that to me strikes me as a survivor but in a way that is obviously not in a respectful way nobody respects Gregory right however he does what he has to do in order to survive even if it means being a sniveling towering person yeah. you know like he doesn't care he has yeah, no shame exactly and that's led him to this point where he is still alive I feel like he's finding deeper levels of which he could like because I mean this scene is very out of character in, mm-hmm. in a way he is literally yeah. facing down his own possible demise I, I was a little concerned there when that was going on I was like oh god well something's gonna happen Simon's not gonna let him just talk to him like that and it, and it did <laughs> yeah I mean he put him in his place but you know Shitting, all right we'll sh- start with a coffee boy you yeah, know he has the best shit eating grin you know yeah. it's the it's I just Xander Berkeley perfect yeah yeah Xander Berkeley it's it's a compliment to his acting skills to be honest <laughs> you know <sighs> can't do it better yeah <sighs> okay so then we moved on to Oceanside in which <clears throat> all right but snooze is that what snooze, is that what you're trying to snooze, say? snooze I don't care but okay I don't either in a way I, I don't, don't either care. I don't I know it will likely come into play yeah from like a plot perspective like okay Aaron's going over there he's trying to convince him but here's the thing. To me, it just felt so overdramatic. I'm well, Aaron more away. specifically. <laughs> yeah, like I'm wasting away. I'm starving. Oh, I'm going to kill this walker and I'm going to pass out on like the leaves, dirty leaves on the ground and all this stuff. And the ladies are just going to be like, mm, well, we told you we're not going to help. So. Well, he's like literally martyring himself. Just, yeah, Just exactly. to kind of prove a point. Like hunger I striking. Yeah, I have no patience for that. So <sighs> I mean, I'm not saying boo, but... No, no, no. I'm not yeah. saying boo, but like in terms of like when I was watching it i was kind of like okay can we get through this so we can get back to the sanctuary <laughs> you know like i wanted to i wanted to get back to what's going on at the sanctuary yeah because you know, clearly there was a lot going on there i was yeah. like gregory's up in there Simon's there they could have just done one scene too by the way they did two to illustrate this point but they, they you know did. they could have just do- done away with the i think the first one basically yeah it just was kind of like they could have had one scene and it would have sufficed and right. i would have been fine and we right. would have gotten the point that like okay aaron's out there he's working hard to try and convince these ladies to come to their side with that's the silent it. protest yeah exactly yep, that's all we needed to know i'm like we don't need to keep going back to it unnecessary right right no but I yeah think bob kirkman's plan to desensitize us and make us not watch the show anymore <laughs> it's finally starting to affect us oh my God. <laughs> like we just don't care about these heavy goddamn scenes anymore I mean, there's only so much punishment we can take by the way by the yeah. way, before we're like, I mean, okay, snooze, move on. Yeah, I'm like, okay, fine. 30 seconds okay. ahead, 30 seconds ahead with I'm, my I'm DVR. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> like, okay, pass Oceanside. Okay, all right, Eugene. Okay. Where's that TiVo noise? Bloop, 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 bloop. I know. <laughs> it, does TiVo still exist? Okay, I just dated myself. <laughs> no, but does TiVo ex- I remember TiVo. Like, I don't, I mean, we're the same age. So, I, yes, I recall TiVo. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to save you, huh? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think they do necessarily anymore. I think they might have just sold their patent or something. And, they probably uh, sold it because now everything is DVR. Like yeah. the cable companies each have their own respective sound. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not even sound. It's yeah, all not quiet even. now. It's like it's a shame. Mm, that sound was something. It's a sh- yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. I missed but, the little change in life, Carol. <laughs> don't even get me started. I was going to send you a message today because I had to go to the eye doctor and get my eyes dilated. I was like, God. And my sister, I told my sister and she she was like, did they give you those old lady visors when you left? Because <laughs> like the yeah. sunlight. I was like, yeah, they, they did. did. Did you take a selfie? No. I mean, Are you I, shitting me? I didn't think about these things. I <laughs> that would have gone on my next stories. I mean, I, 
I couldn't even see the type on my phone. Like I couldn't Ooh. like I could see general things. Like a walker. You were a walker. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's like but a phone. I, I mean Eddie texted me from like the airport and I, oh I couldn't god. even respond because I was like, I, I don't know any of this. I don't Shit's see surreal. any of it. I mean, we're just fine because I mean he was just giving me information. It's not like I had to go pick up anybody, but still I was like, oh I god. can't read anything. I was always wondering if walkers can basically only see light and and general objects hmm. you kind of answered that question for me now okay there is enough in the field of view for a walker to be able to do something with that yeah i mean like with me it's like i (laughs) it's it's compared to walk (laughs) i know you're welcome yeah exactly internet so in my uh, in my experience having my pupils dilated it was <laughs> what we think a walker experience would be i mean i could see but i could not focus and then as my vision started to improve everything still looked like it had a halo effect right, right, like everything right. was in a sort of dream like carl's vision of the future kind of look <laughs> <laughs> like like having dirty glasses and looking at a street light sure sure <laughs> sure there that, you go. sure why not there we go <laughs> yeah oh, so man. that was my day today because you know we're getting old you know 40s you know 40s 40 it is what it is so i hear you i yeah. really hear you yeah oh, boy mm-hmm. <laughs> i keep forgetting i think that we're this i think we're the same age too by the way are you 40 i'm 38 i just, I just turned I, 39 okay i just round up to 40 <laughs> <laughs> let's get this let's get this shit over with <laughs> It's like I just round up. Yeah, I just bought my tombstone. It's we're we're good. (laughs) I do. Like some women are like, no, you know, I'm third. I have a friend who like put her age on like or her birthday was up, and I think that she mentioned something that she was like 35 or 34, and I was like, "Mm." like I I don't think that's true. But (laughs) oh, meaning she lied, (laughs) right? And I don't feel that. I don't care. Like I don't care enough to lie. I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, we we watch a show where people. People living in the apocalypse do not care about hygiene. No, I'm not going to lie about my age. That brings me to a, a really bad segue. <laughs> of all the segues. No, this is going to be really random. So speaking of Negan's plan to take the oh hilltop, the one thing that I noticed after watching, I think three times already, is mm-hmm. Negan's actual plan for the hilltop. Uh-huh is very similar to Rick's plan for them at the beginning of the season. So not only did we have that montage true in the beginning of i think of episode 12 or 13 mm-hmm. now we're having the exact same plan they're gonna starve them out they're gonna pick them off mm-hmm. if they try to escape that sort of thing so well i think it's very interesting and it didn't come to poetic. me <laughs> well it's very poetic too in the sense that if you think about it the first episode of the season was mercy and now we're ending with wrath that's oh going to be the name of god so it's kind of bookended, you know, mercy, yeah. deep breath. And, and I never pay attention to these episode titles too, but this is, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, it's pretty cool. cool. It is pretty cool. It has potential to be very poetic overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might end up going down the same way. It seems like they get out of the hilltop, right. maybe on mm-hmm. purpose, maybe not. Maybe they were supposed to go back to hilltop after they ventured out and all mm-hmm. that, but... We obviously know that Negan's plan, it doesn't go the way he wants it to. Right. But it's fun to think of how it's going to end up turning out, really, to be honest. Yeah. Like I said, I'll be very curious to see how it all goes down. And the fact that it's a callback to the beginning of the season, the way it's playing out... The Mm -hmm. same exact kind of plan, maybe. It's kind of like you said about Team Negan. It's Uh that you're almost kind of on Negan's side. If it wasn't for the fact that they're kind of trying to genocide them right now. 
You're, well, that's the thing. That, that's the one thing that kind of, and, and the concubines. That's flipped. the thing that always throws me off. But otherwise it's flipped in a way. I think that they definitely have been trying to set up Negan as a character where you can kind of see where he's coming from. And I do. I, but I, And again, like I feel like he's been kind of driven to the position that he is now. I, I don't absolve Negan from everything that he's done. However, I will say that when we get to Eugene and Rosita and, oh, good and that situation, because that is coming up, I think Eugene brought up a very good point. Stage the scene because... Yeah, he's in the factory and less a factory, more of an assembly line, to right. be honest. But they've been given the directive to make these bullets and he's kind of very doubtful that they'll be able to he's do it. He's trying to encourage him, right. Although he is being very much a douche to the two ladies that basically came and brought them food, sardine, mac and cheese. That's disgusting, dude. That's gross. Let's I'm talk sorry. about that for a minute. <laughs> We're going to talk about the sardine, mac and cheese. Because if I don't end up going to Survival Sunday, I will be making sardine, mac and cheese. You're going to try it. You're going to try it. I will do an Instagram live, live video of me oh, making it. God. And then I'll do another Instagram live video of me eating it. Oh, I mean, the, the fish and the dairy, dairy and fish just don't go together. I will say one thing. I've had uh, uni mac and cheese, which uh-huh. is blowfish, I think, or puffer fish. Oh, really? In a Japanese restaurant. So really? there is something to the. So now uni, the way it's prepared is very, it's, it's kind of salty. It's kind of like a, almost like ham, like a salted bacony ham. Mm. Kind of thing. But it's fish, obviously. So hmm. mixing that in with the mac and cheese, it's a very, it becomes like a very safe. So I'm, I'm a very savory dish. So I'm, I'm tempted. I'm kind of like saying maybe there's something to this and now now here's the thing i'm gonna make it myself i'm not gonna make the noodles from scratch but Uh i won't be using like craft mac and cheese but i'm tempted to do that to see how authentic i can get craft mac and cheese is good i have like a whole crate of craft mac and cheese well okay bear with me (laughs) bear with me because i mean i don't think i don't think craft mac and cheese is bad necessarily no i know but it's not But i think making yourself making the mornay sauce and right baking it in the oven that sort of thing that i i love doing that and i'm actually pretty good at it so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to make a sardine mac and cheese maybe with some instead of like a cheddar i'll do it like with a one of those whiter cheeses like Mm -hmm, gruyere mm -hmm. and gouda or something something smoky right yeah yeah for sure as if you need more smoky fishy salty flavor Mm -hmm, why not mm -hmm. let's just lean in (laughs) lean in all the way so yeah, a little garlic, a uh, little sardine. always good. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Sure. I guess everybody will know how, it, how it's going to turn out. Providing you don't go to Survival Sunday. Providing that I don't go to Survival Sunday. There you go. But the way he eats it, by the way, that's, that's the, the <sighs> selling point. The oh. way he eats it. And that's why I, I tried to ask somebody. He's not on social media, Josh McDermott, which is a whole other story, which we can't yeah. get into. Yeah, poor, but, poor guy. Yeah, because of the way he was being threatened online. But yeah. I was trying to find somebody that would answer the question of, please, somebody ask Josh McDermott if they really gave him sardine mac and cheese because I want to know. I just oh, want to know that it, wa- that it wasn't a prop. Well, I hope that they didn't give him sardine mac and cheese. <laughs> like, that's I hope, what I'm saying. I hope that it was just mac and cheese. I wanted to see if it was like a method thing. Like he needs to be there. <laughs> like he needs to be in the mood like, for it. I don't know. Poor guy. I hope not. <laughs> Josh McDermott actually seems like a really cool guy and they just, oh, yeah. Don't just do put that. it through the ringer. So yeah, yeah, so moving on. Yes, he's mean to the ladies. Uh, Father he Gabriel catches Gabriel in the act. So, Father, he, didn't he? Did he mention something about um, Father Gabriel's sickness? That it was like 
airborne that whatever he has that was not entirely related to the whole Walker thing? Like, is that what he was trying to say? Because I was like, whoa, 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 what are we talking about here? Well, like, it, it could be. I mean, see, the thing is, he made a very specific point about no blood to blood contact. So, right. whatever he has, it's definitely airborne. Hmm. You know, if it was but blood to blood contact, he'd be done. To be losing his vision, though, that's significant. Well, I mean, if you have an untreated fever, that that's definitely one of the side effects. Gosh, blindness? Wow. Yeah, it's almost like, kill me now anyway. I might as well be dead. Yeah, well, pretty much. It's like, that's why I don't think Gabriel's making it past, like, this season. I mean, like, at the state that he's in. Hmm. I mean, do you well, really want to... I don't know. I mean, that I thought that was an interesting comment, though, by Eugene, like kind of talking about what Gabriel's has, like his condition, because I mean, that is something that's been talked about a well, lot. I think of, it was brought up specifically to wrap up some questions. Some because, questions about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did Gabriel live when all these other people turned? Right. 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 He explains, basically, it wasn't bl- a blood to blood sort of contact. Right. And the and antibiotics and the house yeah. that he took, that sort of thing. Right. Because you don't turn because you get, you know, because you get mm-hmm. breathed on by a walker. Mm hmm. You turn yeah. when there's a scratch, right. a significant scratch, mm-hmm. or a bite. Mm-hmm. So, so getting cut with gut-soaked weapons. Right, right. That will do it. I mean, that makes sense. So I, I thought it was good that they kind of commented on that, you know, because yeah. obviously there were a lot of questions about it. But Gabriel yeah. is, you know, very conflicted. You know, Eugene oh, notices yeah. that some of the bullets that he's producing are defective. They have like a ding, kind of like they're dinged up a little bit. Like they kind of did a close-up or something well, like that. Well, were- actually, yeah, the specifically though, it was the, basically where the trigger hits the back of it. Mm-hmm. When it does and it's flush, the bullet it will fly through, right? Right. The gun, it hits the gunpowder. The gunpowder sparks the uh, a thing. It sparks a thing. Okay, it's a thing. That, it's fine. We're we're not ammo experts here. We're not military. <laughs> right. It l- lights up the gunpowder in the back. Uh-huh. That burns up and propels the bullet forward. Right. Okay. So if w- what Gabriel was doing is he was not making the the back part where the trigger hits it flush, and that was, basically would throw it off. Not only see, and what Eugene was trying to say is that not only would it throw it off. Mm-hmm. But you could have killed a savior, basically. It would backfire completely. Yeah, it, it not only would not work, it would like explode in the person's hand and you would have hurt mm. somebody, you would have taken a hand off, let's say. Mm. And so Eugene was basically saying, he was basically trying to get into Gabriel's head saying, you really don't want this, do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you're not that kind of person, are you? Right. And so it's... I thought that was clever. I don't know if that, look, I don't know my guns. I don't know my bullets. No, me neither. But I'll take, I'll take Eugene's word for it in light of my lack of knowledge sounded convincing to me what i was more interested in is just you know gabriel just going through this you know conflict and bringing up about locking the parishioners out you know back when he was introduced and he he's still looking for his purpose yeah well he's in the same position now that all the other people were in carol and rick Mm -hmm. and and morgan well morgan's kind of still there rick Mm -hmm. me looks like he may be coming out of it a little Mm-hmm. But this is what ends up happening. You have these people that are frightened that they'll slip into their old behaviors, the the way they right. were before, or or maybe yeah. right after the apocalypse. So, mm-hmm. so you have just one more person added to that list, and even yeah. even Eugene to an extent does this, as we'll see in in a few. Because yeah, no, you're right. That's true. Right, he goes yeah. out to test the rounds, and then Daryl and uh, Rosita basically capture him. Yeah, that right? was fast. Yeah, I thought that was too. And so as they're taking, you know. He starts a little bit falling back, like he's he's still trying to puff you can his see chest. Him powering. Yeah, yeah, you he, can see. yeah. He starts to puff his chest a little bit, or trying to really kind of appeal to their better nature. But they were not having that. They they shut yeah. him down so hard, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see how he was trying to hold on to his his 
clout that he's received with the saviors and yeah and maybe even try to appeal to their better nature and you know because he's built up like a certain amount of equity when it comes to finally finding a place where he's productive and, and contributing but he, did, but he did bring up to Rosita it's like Rick got us into this yeah and which obviously set her off but it, it needs to be said it is true I've been saying it Rick went on word from Gregory to basically go into that satellite station and kill all those saviors in their sleep for also essentially the same arrangement that they had with the saviors because it was all for, to get half of the hilltop's food I mean that isn't this is isn't that the same deal oh, that they had with the saviors that's a good point. I mean so so basically it was extortion on on Rick and Rick's part too well I think it was more yeah. like a half and half sort of thing like you know we'll give you this and you'll give us that by the end of it I think th- right. I think they were trying to establish commerce you know like a kind of mm. trade system still murder for hire <laughs> well <laughs> let's let's be fair though because mm-hmm. I think Gregory tried his best to dissuade Rick to not do that at first basically almost like to the point where he was shrugging him off and then I think it's fair to say that I think in Gregory's mind, it, could this be the guy? You know, could mm-hmm. this? Because he's obviously shown that he's capable. So right. maybe he could be the guy. Mm-hmm. He killed one of his guys flat out. Oh, yeah. For right, from the, right from the beginning, the Hilltop guys. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So why not? Why not, Rick, right? So Right, yeah. Eugene gets captured, but manages to get away. Right, right. He seizes his opportunity. He, he vomits some sardine mac. Were you expecting that when they were showing his fingers? Because they were like showing his... And I was trying to figure out, is he going to mimic a gun? Like to kind of like make it seem like he has a weapon or something? But, like I, but see, I vomit wasn't sure is his superpower. <laughs> Projectile, that's, but that's, that's his very, weapon. but that's very Eugene. Like <laughs> Eugene is another one who has no shame. Right, right. I, I yeah. love that they did that. Are you kidding me? No, I do. Yeah. I do because that's very in character. You know, so it provided like the getaway that or the distraction that he needed to get away. And here's the part where I'm sort of like, mm, yeah, that's not necessarily totally believable. The hiding that he did in the ashes. Very Warner Brothers. Let's just put it that way. Looney Tunes. Very Looney Tunish. <laughs> yes. But also, you know, you've got Rosita and Daryl. Daryl, who is like the best tracker who can track like a raccoon because he sees a twig that's broken on the ground. Like Eugene is not a, a, a small woodland creature. He's, you know, he's a dude. And walking in that, you, fig- you figure you'd see footprints or something. And it's a bit of a stretch. But I'll allow it. <laughs> you can see that for that one moment, it looks as though Eugene left some f- f- footprints to kind of say, okay, he stepped off of these ashes uh-huh. and then he must have backtracked and thro- flew himself into the ashes. Uh, okay. So I think there is a cleverness to it because look, the way they established the actual setting is that it's ur- uh-huh. it's urban. It's not like the woods where you can leave a sound, right, rustle branches, mud. True. So, so a couple of footsteps and he probably shook off all the, the ashes. And so... Mm-hmm. But the real question is, are you kind of in a way impressed with Eugene? I am impressed with Eugene because for the same reason that I that I say I don't worry about Gregory, it's he's another person who very much is like Gregory and will survive because they have no shame in doing what they have to do to survive. Whether it's like sucking up to Simon or making yourself throw up because it'll give you that getaway. If that's what he has to do, that's what he has to do. Appeasing so, Negan even though like there may be times where he'll challenge him. And then yeah. maybe that's the thing. Maybe he, he has the ability to sometimes challenge Negan because 
he feels because of his initial inter- interactions that he's kind of garnered some clout, which is not something I you can think- easily say with uh, Rick's crew and Rosita, well, I especially. Even, I don't know if Rick even knew that who, who Eugene was. Like, I don't. I, oh boy. I had to like. I had to really wreck my brain to think of if they ever had any interactions. Yeah, I, like at all. I, I you know I've what seen, I mean? I think I've seen some, but I, I, I definitely see what you mean. It, the fact that you even have that instinct alone yeah, it's, is something. Yeah, it's just like, did Rick and Eugene ever really talk at all? But meanwhile, it's like Negan, who's supposed to be the head of the Saviors, will speak to Eugene. Will you know Shake listen to what hand. he has to say? Negan understands the psychology of people. You know, you give people some like responsibility, make them feel like they have some worth, some value. And they can go far with that. You know, he knows how people work. He knows how people think. Well, furthermore, did he actually specifically say in that confessional with Gregory that he worked with children? I think you mentioned something about that. He did. Yeah, he did. He didn't mention that he worked with kids. Yeah, and here's why that's valuable. Because I think post-apocalypse, in some way, we are talking about kids. They need guidance. The same, same, yeah. The same tactics, basically. The same skills. Sure, you can apply the same tactics. And I think he does. Like, he worked with kids. I mean, which is explains a lot of his um, affection towards Carl, affection towards Judith. His encouragement with certain people. Which is why I knew that he wasn't responsible for the murders at Oceanside, especially when that episode happened. I was like, there's no way that he would have gone in and just killed everybody over 10. That is not something that he would do whatsoever. Right, right. So I'm glad that they got that got addressed. I think Eugene has been kind of emboldened by this, uh, his responsibility and his value and his worth. And he feels valued at the sanctuary, which is not something that he can say on Rick's side and the way Rosita talks to him, why would he go back with them? They made it very clear that his, I mean, his skills will be valued in as but much as we're, right. we're going to put you in a cell and basically only let you out when we need you for something. Right. And that's basically it. So it's like, if that's what I'm going back to, no, I would rather go back I to... I have a sense of pride, right? You can take pride in your work. Right. It, clearly, he's showing that throughout this episode too. There, yeah. He, and he's milking it too. <laughs> which Eugene's will be Eugene's, right? Right. But he manages to get away and he manages to get back where that other savior Regina, yeah. tells him that Negan's back. They, they're going to need all these bullets by tomorrow. And he has this renowned sense of confidence of like, yep, he wants this. We're going to deliver. And, you know, he basically repeats what Rosita says about let's do something with our pathetic lives. Yeah. What yeah. I wasn't sure about yeah. in that scene was that specific, that specific scene is like he starts picking up these bullets and he starts almost like it looks like he's hitting like something or whatever. So I'm like, is he dinging the bullets? Like, what is, like you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was so that's what I wasn't sure. Like, and I'm obviously not an expert at in anything. Like that, well, you have to remember he made he made the bullets initially right. anyway, if you remember, and which Rosita was able to use. So we know that they were. But I wasn't sure. Like, was he trying to like mess them up the way Father Gabriel did? Like, that's what I wasn't sure. Oh, I see because I'm just saying. like, it looks like if you were to do that, you would ding them, you know. But I, but at the same time, I saw a clip from next week's that they've advertised, and it looks like they test out some of these bullets and they work. So right. then I guess he wasn't doing. I don't know. So you, you're what you're trying to say is Eugene is sabotaging the bullets, but why would he do that? But why would he do that? Right. Especially with his renewed that. vigor. Right, exactly. I'm I mean, like, just to see the look on Eugene's face when Rosita when goes ham on him. Right, right. It's you, first of all, she turns around and he makes this face like I'm like that bitch, like that. You know, yeah. like it, it's like a grumpy, like angry face. Right, and, right. And it just tells me everything in the world of what he what he now feels in this yeah. situation, and that is, I'm not going down like this. In mm-hmm. a way, yeah, I, I know I betrayed you, but I was trying to make something of my life. You know, maybe I. And I he think maybe in his own way, he was maybe. 
be trying to skirt a line between well, I helping also think, Negan and keeping them safe? I do think that he was, though. I don't think that he was, like, I mean, obviously he looks out for self-preservation, of course. But when Negan came to Alexandria and basically, and Rosita took it upon herself to take a shot at Negan, it was Eugene who said, no, I made it. I made the bullet or whatever. I mean, he didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, Negan could have killed him right then and there. He could have brought him back to the sanctuary and, and tortured him and whatever, like with Daryl, that did not happen. But at the same time, it's like he took the fall for that. And he didn't want to make the bullet and accepted the consequences. He never wanted to make that bullet for Rosita in the first place, but she, again, basically kind of threw a fit and you know made him do it. He did it. She took a shot at him and he took responsibility for it. So really, I, I think that he cares tremendously for her. Obviously, there's some self-preservation in there too. Sure, but of course. I don't think that by nature, Eugene is a malicious, evil person. That I don't think that's the case. I think there has always been a part of him that has wanted to be more contributing. And the, his whole origin, or at least his introduction to the show, is mm-hmm. pretending to have value. Right. And now he actually has value, and it's fulfilling. Yeah, he has value, and he's looked at as having value. You know, it's weird. The interaction between him and Rosita is a lot like a ex-boyfriend who is trying to explain to his ex-girlfriend why he's in a better place. That right. awkward scene where it makes so much sense to him and he tries to explain it to the ex-girlfriend. But you know what? Oh, obviously, yeah. from the ex-girlfriend's perspective, it's like, why the fuck are you telling me this? You're just pissing me right. off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this has no bearing on what you did when we were together right. <laughs> and how right. it went down, son. Right, yeah. So but it's I, like I, you I, have this one person who's, and he, he just can't help himself by trying I mean, to explain yeah. how much clout he's gotten at. The, the, it's like you, he doesn't understand that she's not going to understand what you're going to say, buddy. Or appreciate, sorry, that's a better word. I think there are more convincing ways that he could express himself. He just obviously doesn't know how to. Even the RV. <laughs> like by nature. <laughs> he's by just nature. very awkward. He's just very awkward. But he's done some things to try and save people. I mean, when he took that RV to try and distract the saviors when they were trying to get Maggie to safety when Negan first came on the scene. Right. You know, literally. Maybe that'll come up too, by the way. Yeah. Maybe. That was very, very brave. Again, that was a situation where he very well accepted the consequences that, you know, he he may not survive that. So he's done his piece to try and contribute and save them. And so for Rosita to act the way she's acting towards him, I just think it's, I don't think it's fair entirely. Well, you know what else though? It, it does bring two basic things. One, I'll start with this. Mm. It seems to me that they were trying to make Eugene something that he essentially isn't. They were literally trying to squ- shave off a square peg to fit in uh-huh. a round hole. Uh-huh. Th- think about it. It took so much work to get to the point that he could do the brave things and it was a struggle for him too even though he's found this sort of bravery Mm -hmm. but that brings up the second point and that's i think in the first place rick's crew alexandria whatever Mm -hmm. they never utilized him the way he should have been and that's the huge flaw i think it is well it's a huge flaw of of management (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i guess there is a value in having a single leader or something i don't know but it's i think it's it's a you know you could apply it to just work in general and just having people there who have certain skill sets and they're not utilizing those skill sets and they're not utilizing the people to their full potential. And right. that's what happened with Eugene when he was at Alexandria.
Andrea. They just basically tolerated him, but they yeah. just never kind of tapped into like, well, you know, Eugene is kind of like an encyclopedia of this sort of random mishmash of information. Maybe that would be useful. Right. But they just never, they just never bothered. They were just kind of like, oh, he's weird. Well, to be fair, I guess a, a person like Negan could look past sure. the initial bullshit that Eugene pulled on Alexandra crew, like Rick's crew and Abraham and Rosita, because mm-hmm. he was lying to them the whole time, right? Right. Yep. Now, when he did that to Rick's crew and all that, mm-hmm. it, it just, he, it ruined his credibility almost forever, let's say. And until yeah. he could find some sort of bravery, but every every person that has witnessed his bravery, like except for Rosita in that moment, mm-hmm. Abraham Ford is dead. Sure. The few times that you've seen... Because he, he basically re-earned Abraham's respect. After, respect. And he was the one that, that needed to, he needed to build Abraham's respect the most, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He was shattered. He was shattered, yeah. It's kind of funny, the, the few times that he's actually tried to really be brave mm-hmm. has been for those two people. Yeah, because I mean, remember, that's how we met them. It was Abraham, Rosita, and Eugene. Right. Like it was the, their little trio for God knows how long before they met, you know, Rick and That's crew. what I'm saying. It's like, you don't really see that with anybody else necessarily. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. see it with those two. Like he, And I think maybe it's his own way of trying to make it up to them. You know, like mm-hmm. you guys protected me for so long. It's the least I can do to try to do, you mm-hmm. know, protect you, throw myself in front of a bus to kind of save you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but again, goes back to the point. Maybe if Rick actually talked to Eugene actually, for, actually once, for once, yeah. Dr. Eugene Porter, hello. Dr. Eugene Porter. Maybe he would Do have we know been, if he's an actual doctor? That's actually a good point. <laughs> like He does mention <laughs> university and tests and all that stuff, but... I've gone to the university and taken tests and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> So. You have a PhD in carpentry. Yeah, there you go. There and a you BS go. in architecture. Mm-hmm. That I do have. <laughs> well, pat on the back. That shit's tough. <laughs> Yeah, that was not easy, let me tell you. And it's really crazy because if you bring it back to the show, part Mm. of the reason why it's tough in the real world is because of competition. It's just tough. Yeah. And now Eugene is in a world that with with all these, supposedly if he is a doctor, (laughs) he has all these skills with a wide open world to be able to exercise him and yet he's still kind of useless. And maybe that's just the nature of his character, like his awkwardness. Yeah. He doesn't know how to apply himself. I don't know. Right. He, he, I mean, he's found his, his way more with Negan. He's the bullet maker. Negan's given him input. You know, he's, 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 he's just pointing him in the right direction. Well, yeah, he basically will ask him things and Eugene responds and has ideas. I mean, the Walker wall, which honestly is a little lackluster. I mean, I wish they would have spent more time on it. Like in the in the comic book, the Walker wall is a wall of like walkers melted onto a wall. That's pretty hot. It's pretty awesome in the comic. So I was kind of looking forward to that and I'm like, mm, all right. But um, <laughs> I guess that's okay. That's okay. Hey, but Simon's but, there now. <laughs> I am secretly hoping that he's still there in the next episode. I think he will be. And he takes somebody out. Like the legend of Simon continues. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, but he's going to be taking one of our protagonists. (laughs) Well, maybe like a small price to pay. Maybe like a D level. I don't know. (laughs) D level. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, Well, I I could see there being a more meaningful interaction with Walker Simon with uh, with Dwight, actually. Because as we see, in some of the sneak peeks, he's wearing the A sweater. Oh, oh, that makes me very nervous. I am not fully convinced that Dwight's going to make it out of this alive. Really? This is a change. Yeah. Why is it that you think that? Because the thing is, we're we're heading into the finale. 
you know that there are going to be numerous casualties. I don't know where Dwight goes from here because like I said, in the comic, he was never found out. Now he is found out. Dwight and Daryl are very similar to each other. Like they have this kind of weird sort of relationship because there's a lot of similarities. I think even Sherry said that Daryl like reminded her of who Dwight used to be. Right. So part of me also feels it's like, you know, like, can you have a Dwight and Daryl on a show? It's almost like the Highlander. Like they can only be well, one. Let me run a scenario by you. As we've been talking about having this kind of in my pocket right now, uh-huh. just because when I see the A on Dwight's sweater, right. it gets me thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of like Daryl. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. there's no Sherry to save him. So right. what, I'm think- what I'm thinking is that in some way, maybe after Tara's talk with Daryl. Daryl's the one to save him. I, I, that's the least I could do kind of thing. I thought but about that. But he'll find a reason to do it, like somewhere in the episode. I thought about that too. I was like, maybe this is the opportunity to see. Because if they see that Dwight is now obviously a, a prisoner, then Daryl will know for sure that, look, Dwight really was working for, for us. He really was on our side and he got caught. And now he's in the right. predicament, you know, but right. he really was. And I think D- Daryl's just got that kind of character that if he sees that somebody's been captured in the cause of trying to save everybody right then he will he will go out of his way right yeah no I so agree. that could that alone could be it it could right? be, that could be it and i hope that that could be it because i don't necessarily want them to kill off dwight i think that he still has more story to tell but when i see him wearing that outfit i'm like oh god that makes me nervous what are they gonna do to him you know easy street probably it's definitely easy street for sure but here's the twist the twist is this daryl dies in the pursuit i it could happen. But in a, in a really weird way, it, it would be his way of, you know how we were talking about leaving the show? And yeah. Kind of a way that we can sort of swallow it. Yeah. There's a poetic kind of like, oh, he went out From a back. story standpoint, absolutely. I yeah, he went out coming agree. back to himself, I, know, to the, the person he found. I 100% agree. From a writing standpoint, I think it's great. I think it makes sense. From an AMC rating standpoint, <laughs> <laughs> I I think that That's a gambit, baby. That's, that's a, a really tough gambit. That's a, it's like it's like killing off Glenn, man. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know how that went. So yeah, like wow. if they kill off Daryl, I'm fairly indifferent to Daryl. I don't love him, I don't hate him. It is what it is. So I would appreciate and understand if they went that route and decided, you know what, like Daryl's gonna die in saving this person, kind of like the way Carl did. You know, Carl died saving somebody. And if that were to happen, I think it would be very poetic and full circle and I would get it. But I mean, you know, people will lose their damn minds if yeah. something happened to Daryl. The uproar. Yeah. But but the more we're talking about it though, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm convinced because you look, it's, it's the way the show is going to happen is mm-hmm. the way it's going to happen. right? Yeah. But this show has not been shy of killing off people that we love. Like, damn, yeah. I just absolutely, I, I love the actor, but I, I also love the character. I did love the other character of Dale. I did. I, that was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, they were dropping left and right in the beginning. They were. And yeah. So yeah. it was just enough time for you to actually appreciate their characters. Not, maybe not T-Dog as much. But, yeah, not as much T-Dog. But Dale hanging in there as long as he did. Yeah. Dale was a character that was memorable. Even the later, later seasons, like he was still brought up in terms of mm-hmm. like, the RV fixing it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's still... You learned that from Dale, Glenn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Herschel, there were some deaths that really were, were like, oof, that, that, was, that was a tough one. To me, Dale was a tough one and Herschel was a tough one, obviously, for many people. So 
So we're due in a kind of weird way, right? It, it could happen. I just wonder if they'll go there and do it. I mean, they already did it with Carl. So if they did that with Daryl, it's like, man, that's a gutsy move, man. That is a gutsy move, you know? I, I, would, I would kind of respect it at this point. I would respect they, it. I would respect it's like you were saying before about Dwight, though. Yeah. You know, Dwight was never captured. He was, ne- he was not even found out until years later mm-hmm. by Negan. Mm-hmm. So to have this scenario already puts several things in jeopardy, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Several plot lines are way diverged in that with that respect. Sure. So it, it leaves a huge vacuum for them to do something outrageous. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I can't. I can't even tell you. I think how, it'll be very interesting. I'm very excited. It's, it's a great thing to not know what's going to happen. It next. is. It is a great thing. Like I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think I would rather. I'd rather be in this position where it's like I don't know what's going to happen. I sincerely don't know. The I only thing that feelings, I, but I am by no means convinced, and I don't have anything to back it up. Yeah, I just hope that more comics readers have stuck around than have left. Because I hope so. I think that really shows a testament to how you take the source material, and this is Robert Kirkman's mm-hmm. wish. Mm-hmm. He he basically, uh, he, it's almost as if AMC came up to him and said, "Look, we've been hearing that you've wanted to tweak The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You wrote this book, you wrote this series, you're still writing it, but at the same time, there's a part of you that wanted to go back and reformat and redo, a couple yeah, things, redo certain right? things. Yeah. So we're giving you that chance because we read your comic." And I think with these characters or the way you've painted out these arcs and whatever, we can take that and we can bring it to a vision that's closer to maybe either what you intended or what you wish something you that's a little bit more, yeah, something, yeah, that you wish you would have, but something that was, is just a lot more grounded in mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. With all the funny bits, sure. But there's going to be always those comic book readers that are just in, ugh, insufferable. Like, I Philistines. Mean, I, I've, I've <laughs> all heard of them. I've heard them sometimes and I just, I'm so, here are the two groups that irritate me <laughs> There's most. two. Oof. There's two okay. groups. There are the incessantly complaining comic book fanboys that just refuse to basically acknowledge that there can be a, a, a derivative of, of the source material that it can be equally as good to them. Right. Like, it has to be canon. It has to be canon. Exactly. And it's just, no, that is absolutely unreasonable. There's a reason why there's an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. What's the second one? The second Ugh. faction that bothers me are my fellow female uh, fans. <laughs> not all female fans, not all of okay, them, but okay. a certain portion who are obsessed with certain characters staying around purely because they think that they're attractive. And that drives me crazy. It's insulting to my intelligence. Like as a reason to watch the show? Yeah. And I'm just like, N- really? No. Like, like It's like those people that watch reality television, like the Jersey Shore, right? No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that that's at least a, they're watching something that has a, a character arc i that, hope we, <laughs> we just we just talked about how like 40 allow me to relive my youth okay for those of you who don't know what i'm referring to we we're from the tri-state area <laughs> <laughs> carol actually likes the jersey shore it was just yes it's a little big. I, I was super excited i'm not even gonna lie i'm not hating on you either i'm just saying that i'm just drawing ratings. a parallel it had amazing ratings by the way <laughs> largely because of me <laughs> yeah, you just went on to your neighbors the neighbors that have gone away for the weekend you turned on their, their tvs i was advertising that thing hard you were it was something i was something like else. oh my god the gifs just came out like mad i i was gif game was on point with the jersey i show. was beyond excited beyond excited like eddie was looking at me like i was crazy i was like don't act like you don't remember this 
Mm. Oh my God! And how does he feel about this? I'm just sorry. I have to know. I, I mean, he's just like, all right, you you want to watch it? You go ahead and do that. But but I was like, you know, you remember, you remember back in the day, remember, remember, remember when we used to go to the Jersey Shore? Well, yeah, I remember that. Like, I don't have to relive it through people whom I just. Oh God! I know. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's like it's like when I watch the Jersey. You have to remember, I live in Miami now, so it's like I've been away from New York for two years, almost two years. When oh. I when I watch the Jersey Shore, it's like a warm blanket of love. Like it's, it's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. I mean, it is nostalgia. Like I mean, we where would you go to the beach? It's like I mean, we weren't the kind of people who go to the Hamptons. We go to the Jersey Shore. My bachelor party. Wild would you go to casino? My bachelor yeah. party was at the Jersey Shore. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's just what you do. So when I see this, I'm like, oh, youth. That's all. But I will say the interesting thing because my sister gave me a hard time as well about watching it. And and what I mentioned to her was that it is more interesting now, though, because you're watching it and they have aged, obviously, as all of us have. And and it's kind of like a gimmick in a way. Times have changed. They're older. Some are married with kids. And as much as they want it to be the same, it can't be the same. You know, it's still fun. But I, I appreciate that because I can't do what I used to do at 28, at 38. I can't. Like it's not right. it's not the same anymore. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to have fun, but it's a different kind of fun. And so I appreciate the honesty in that, you know. Or like the attempt at trying to have this kind of fun, but you really just can't. But, re- but really it. yeah, realizing that, you know, man, I'm I'm I can't really have a good time because I'm worried how my kids are doing at home. I haven't been away from them before. Stuff right. like that. Well that's that's what I mean about the gimmick. Like the 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 draw to the show is this quality where mm-hmm. they have age and the, and you're trying to put them in a situation where they would do the same things again but it's it turns out different but you know what it is is like some of those things are going to be the same no it is some i was gonna say it's like <laughs> but there are those that are just still like hey whatever you know like this is my opportunity to break out and have some fun because i'm usually at home taking care of two kids so Ooh, you know you're identifying yeah Ooh. no i'm i know i'm i'd be the one that's like i want to have fun but man what's going on at home did i do that oh did i leave the stove on i don't know like, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to just Hold on, Carol. Let, let me write this in my notes. <laughs> Car- Carol making a good case for the Jersey Shore. Just a random walking Yes. Case. Yeah. This, this is staying. I swear to you. I'm, this, I'm just leaving this I'm, in. I'm, this, is, this is awesome. I'm, I'm standing by that statement. Jersey We're Shore, doing a awesome. Carol takedown right now. <laughs> awesome. Jersey Shore, 100%. 150%. I am Negan and I am Jersey Shore. 100%. Whoa. 100%. Let's mix those t- two things together. Oh, Negan on oh, the oh, Jersey I could Shore. Totally see that dude totally we need to reach out to, to people to make this happen totally. just as like a skit i could see couldn't you see like the negan character at the jersey shore bro do you have any pasta yeah. <laughs> what's up bro <laughs> don't call me bro i can't do his voice you did a good impression of him last week did I? yeah I, I have to play it back for you but i was like that oh was spot on really oh my god i need to remember yeah you know what's funny he actually lives in New York, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, okay. But not in the way you would think. Like you would think like New York City or, you know, oh, oh, like oh. something like that. Well, no. New York State, right? Upstate? He has like a farm. He's like a farmer. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, doesn't it? It's kind of a trend though, I think. I think a lot of people are doing that lately. Yeah. Like, just, just, you know, not, like that's their retirement that. plan. You I would know? love to do that. Live off the land, have like animals and stuff that'd be awesome i could see that part of you but i could see you also defaulting to it's hot out no but i mean you can still have ac (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, just AC barn. I just don't see it. You don't have to live in it's the like, barn. It's like, it's like, where do you think farmers barn. live, Dave? <laughs> you could have a barn, but not live in the barn. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like a feast or famine kind of guy. If you're going to be on a farm, Are you, you got to live in the barn. Yeah, I'd want to do the Chip and Joanna Gaines way. <laughs> Okay, see, I was going to do that and I pulled back mm. because I feel like if we go down the HGTV yeah, hole, no, it. it's, it's going to be a downward spiral. And, and they just had their last episode ever. I know. I watched it. We looked at each other and we we're like, that's it? That's it. It's just Over. a recap episode of the seasons? I know. It's, it's, uh... It was a sweet send off, but still, it's hard to, hard to imagine. They did it right. They got what they needed and now they're like, okay, now it's time to end on a high note. Yeah, you've got all these things going on. I'll let you do them. Yeah, yeah. that's the way yeah. to do it. And things on a high note. Yeah. I would normally end this on a high note. (laughs) I think there's one thing I just wanted to bring up before we go. Yes. And that's, I think Aaron's gambit at Oceanside, as snooze fest as it was... (laughs) I think it may be the linchpin to ending this conflict because I do think they're going to join. I am convinced that they will show up. So yeah, the way they did it was a little bit too maudlin. So yeah, <laughs> so. It's sort of like okay, let's not like oh, ham- was me. Let's not ham fist it. You know, okay, I get it. So oh. I think Oceanside will show up. So basically, I think you're going to have the sanctuary. Obviously, Rick and crew, which is right. at this point Hilltop, Alexandria, and uh, the Kingdom. Oceanside will show up. Jadis is a very much a wild card i do yeah, not know i, I did write that down right where she fits in or if we're even gonna go there maybe we don't go there maybe that's something that's explored next season i don't know yeah and that might be fine like, that might be fine jada yeah. served her purpose mm-hmm. in as much as we got a little bit more out of negan right? right yeah exactly like we we got a little bit more background you know in that situation yeah maybe that's like the little tease like there's there's more to what's going on at the junkyard and we will find out next season or whatever so that might you know that might be what happens so maybe yeah maybe she's not a factor oh yeah to spend so much time blowing out her story like how she had to put her people in the meat grinder Mm -hmm. you know it seems like to do all that and to not make more use of her that would be kind of a waste I feel like okay you've got another Daryl person right she's really uh, pumped up the show on her side time really sure using her character to kind of all the charity shirts that she's she's selling basically trash queen yes so and she's got such a grandiose personality Mm -hmm. It's just such a good pumper up for the show, you know? Yeah. Oh, there is one more thing. We see in one sneak peek mm-hmm. that as Rick's crew is pulling up on the saviors that Negan's basically sacrificed to try to trick Rick and crew, right? Mm. So Rick and crew kill all of them and get some sort of map, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Morgan slits that. that guy's throat, even though he's pleading for his life. It's like, I give up, I give up. He sees Jared, right? He, he sees, sees Jared. Yeah, I saw that. clean. Oof. Yeah, basically, Dasko Morgan. That's cold. It's cold on Negan's part, too. It's like, you send your men basically to a certain death. Yeah, and again, we're reaffirming the fact that he is completely absconded with his philosophy. Yeah, salty. The, he, 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 they are a resource, but a resource to be absconded with? No, I thought he valued human life. I thought so, too. But is it even more of a reason to not be Team Negan? Well, maybe? I think yeah. that's the line for you, though, isn't it, though? The fact that he threw these bodies at the, at the conflict to try to sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That, is I mean, it? That's that's. I mean, that's cold. You know, that is pretty darn cold. Listen, like I said, it's going to take a lot for these writers to redeem either one of these men. So, has this moved you in any way out of the Team Negan hashtag circle? No, but I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I almost had you there. I'm like, no, 
but I mean, no, like I said, it's like, I, I don't think either one of these leaders is of sound moral compass right now. Right. Neither one. But if you're comparing the two. I, I think Negan's a better manager. I see. I see. <laughs> I, I think that there's more. I think I think that. For lack of a better comparison or whatever. I think that Rick is in an acting very world. emotionally and well, not necessarily. Negan's very, too now, though. To an extent, but I mean, it is part of his plan. I mean, like, I don't agree with sending these men into certain death for your master plan, but it's part of your master plan. Rick went running off into the woods with his murder jacket with Morgan to just kill these saviors. For what purpose did it serve to kill them? Nothing. There's no reason to have to go and murder all those men. Like, especially when they saved you. Like, what purpose did it serve? So That's true. That's true. I think that Rick is still very unhinged. Right. Or is unhinged or whatever. Whereas right. like Negan is very calculated in what he does. So if I'm to say who's the more effective leader, then I'm going to say like, hmm, I think this guy's got this more under control. It's like, right. all right, I'm going to go with this dude over here. But I will say one thing is that there is a concerted effort for Rick to pump the brakes at this point, finally. Like at mm-hmm. least not this episode, but because mm-hmm. we don't see him really do anything. But in no, the last and he's, episode. And he's not wearing his murder jacket. So I know that this is what's going to happen. It's just like, okay, we're going to. It's try. all about the fashion, y'all. I mean, you know what it is? It's like the black hat. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in, in the Westerns where it's like, okay, the good guy wears this Or like hat. in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's been used in a lot of shows, the idea of fashion or whatever kind of being the sign of, okay, the good guy or, or the evil Or like color guy. setting a tone, right? Yeah, setting a tone. It's like whenever Rick has worn historically that jacket, it's been either at Terminus with the claimers. It's been in situations where he's done some pretty, pretty horrific stuff, you know? Yeah. And this time around, when the clips of next week, he is not. He's wearing a button-down shirt. <laughs> right, right, right. So He is pumping the brakes. Now Negan is going full acceleration. But right. it would pay me not to mention this point that mm-hmm. Michonne does make a concerted effort, kind of not a, not as much as a Hail Mary as like, listen, if you're going to do whatever you're going to do, I know you're I'm still out there. of her. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just need to do this to say that mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever you decide to do, I don't know, but... But she reads Carl's letter to Negan, and I do think it affects him in a I do think significant so. way. I do, even think though he's so. not going to show it. Yep, but, I agree. I mean, no, he is showing it, but even though he's not going to act any, he's holding. He's holding back his emotions. He's basically pushing them down. You yeah. can tell that he's. Uh, he even good acting. says him. Yeah, he even says as much in a way. Had you have done this earlier, I wouldn't have to be doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we could have reached some sort of thing. But he, the way he says it is like Rick gave me a hard time from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're done. Right. That's it. You're over. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. And that's, yeah, exactly. Or but I do think, But I do think it had its effect. I do. Yeah. It's planted maybe a seed, hopefully. I, right. I don't think it's going to turn out the way that we think it's going to turn out. Like, oh, all of a sudden he's going to he's gonna find a way to stop. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it may be... I don't think he's going to stop until it's a little... Not too late, but... Mm-hmm. Until he's forced to have to stop. Mm-hmm. If he loses, then he'll find a way to come back. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. otherwise he's not going to lose. And she said he says as much. Yeah. Winning, it, Michonne specifically says, "Carl via Michonne, start over." Mm-hmm. And Negan, as a response to Michonne, he's saying, "Killing you is starting over. Mm-hmm. I erase you. I can reset the reset. progress I've yeah. made with the saviors, and I could keep going. You know, I yeah. can start over with another group that I find randomly. Yeah, no more talky talk." No more talky talk. 
the time for talk has passed. Yeah. And speaking of talking, <laughs> another bad segue. <laughs> We're going to call this Sucker Night. And for all of you that are going to Survival Sunday, hopefully I will be with you in spirit at a theater. If not, I am with you. I support you. Absolutely. Go in your cosplay. Absolutely. I can't wait to see all the clips and videos because you know people are going to be posting. Absolutely. I cannot wait. I support blowing this out getting involved, yes. joining a community of, yeah. of like-minded individuals who are yes. there for a single purpose. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I would be all about that. We are very excited for the season finale. Yeah. And furthermore, for me, at least, a season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead season four. I'll watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm counting on you, Carol. We're going to do two episodes next week. I know. We are watching. I will be watching. We're, we're going to have a tough week next week, you and it, me. No. <laughs> if by tough you mean exciting, yes. Yes. Hey, look. Choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And uh, that's Squawking Dead for us. There you go. Exactly. It's actually Confucius. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was off. It's attributed to Confucius, but uh, you never know with quotes. Yeah. You never know where they come from. That's... And with that, everybody, <laughs> segue into the end. <laughs> segue to the end. Looking forward to Survivor Sunday. We'll see you then. See ya. <laughs> Negan, this is Carl. I was helping someone. I got bit. We didn't even have to be doing what we were doing. I was just helping someone, and now I'm gone. You might be gone. Maybe my dad made your people give you up, and he killed you, but I don't think so. I think you're still around, and you're working on a way out. Maybe you got out. Maybe you think we're a lost cause, and you just want to kill all of us. I think you think you have to be who you are. I just wonder if this is what you wanted. I wanted to ask you. I wish I could have. Maybe you'll beat us. And if you do, there'll just be someone else to fight. The way out is working together. It's forgiveness. It's believing that it doesn't have to be a fight anymore. Because it doesn't. I hope my dad offers you peace. I hope you take it. I hope everything can change. It did for me. Start over. You still can. Carl. All this... There is no getting out of it now. I wouldn't accept your surrender if you came to me on your knees. See, winning isn't about beating you. Winning is about killing every last one of you. That is starting over. I never wanted this. Rick made this happen. You tell him that. No more talk.